0: Welcome to Spiritual Caffeine, the energy podcast that's good for you. Today is episode 12, LDS online dating, two chicks chatting, that'd be me and my dear friend, Kristen Faderber, two LDS women who are single, who have been on a journey. Come join us. I just haven't met you yet. Welcome, Kristen. Hello. Hi, Dana. So good to have you here, friend. Thank you. So to just begin this podcast, let's just give a little like five second thing. Okay, maybe 10, maybe 15 second thing <laughs> of, of what our dating life has been like, because we're going to delve in to both of our dating I- lives as female persons go
1: 15 seconds for what my dating life has been like as a woman yep get a sum it up in 15 seconds adventurous (laughs) um it's been a a work in progress a learning opportunity after a learning opportunity
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna steal all your adjectives and say same but i'm also gonna say um you know I really do believe in that saying that it's all about the journey. And I, I I don't think of that saying as an excuse (laughs) for not getting to a destination because I don't think it is that at all. I think it really is all about, I mean, that's why we're here on this planet. It's all about that journey, the journey back to our real home. The journey of becoming the best version of ourselves of becoming this amazing, not that we're not amazing, we're divine. We're agreed on that. We're amazing women. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, after our dating experiences, I think we're going to be really ready. We're going to be ready for that.
0: No. All right. So a little background. Uh, Kristen and I were in the same state for like years before we actually really kind of met, right? Mm, yep. In California, Northern California. Um, but it wasn't until... Uh, I don't know, it wasn't until our paths crossed a little bit more intimately, um, probably back in, I wanna say, what, two thousand and ten. Oh maybe? goodness, I, I have no idea, I'll it go with when, what you say. It was when you were in my ward. We t- <laughs> that was when we started to you know, get to know each other a little teeny bit, and then after that. And then we ended up working at uh, the same high school, so that was like an amazing year. Yeah, for,
1: for me, Dana, music brought us together because yeah. even when we were in the same ward and I didn't know who you were, but I saw you participating um, in different, you know, either singing solos or, or singing with your kids, I think you probably did as well. And then when I met you when my son auditioned for a musical. <laughs> and so those are the opportunities that really brought us into each other's orbit.
0: Yeah, but we didn't really get to know each other on the level that is the amazing level that you, wish for that, you wish for that kind of friend. So um, for those of you listening, it just has been an amazing time. Kristen and I are both single LDS women. And I have to say that the past five-ish years, um, it's just been a godsend to have had Kristen, in my life, and um, same sister, same. (laughs) I was gonna, I was actually gonna say something really obnoxious, like, and I know she thinks the same thing about me. (laughs) Well, it's correct, and I've told you that, so it's totally true. I know, but it's kind of obnoxious for those who don't know us. But here's the thing to be on this path together and to have seen where we were five ish plus years ago to where we are now to me is just a pure gift. You know, you just have those times in your life when someone is placed on your path and it is just a pure gift from above because they're your helpmate on your journey to becoming more of who you really are and they get what you're going through because they're kind of going through the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about, sister, and we're going to go back now, time travel back into time. We're going to talk about where we were about five years ago. We were both kind of ish. Um, so just a little snippet. We had long-term marriages that ended, and then we both um, had, well, I'm going to qualify mine, definitely. Mine was a rebound marriage for sure. Just jumped into it really fast after my 22-year marriage ended. Um, how would you qualify yours, Kristen? Upon reflection, I would... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would have to say that rebound might qualify and I have to also say that I didn't really realize that until very very recently.
0: And it's oh it's so ironic because when my when I was realizing that I had jumped into a marriage without enough information just on the rebound kind of I kept looking at Kristen's marriage and thinking, "Oh, she did it right because she took her time." Um, But it was more of a, it was this decision, the decision was kind of already set into motion and just took longer for the actual marriage. But it's funny because I would kind of qualify that as a rebound marriage too, just from the outside looking in. (laughs) And you'd be correct. (laughs) Okay. So this is where we were. We were now coming out of our rebound marriages. We're just going to call them that. And we started talking a lot about you know, it's kind of embarrassing to be married and divorced twice, right? And
1: humiliating. I would apply the word humiliating.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of view it a little bit differently now because I really do feel, and I know we've had a lot of discussion about the things that we learn, um, but I didn't even know that a rebound marriage was a thing. I, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like, I didn't even know to be careful. And even if I'd known to be careful, I'm so freaking stubborn sometimes that I probably still might have just said, oh, whatever. That's not what's happening here.
1: (laughs) Just one second, Dana. I want to go back to the use of the word humiliating. Please do. Because I've definitely learned a lot and I'm so grateful for the lessons that I've learned. Um, And so, but I want to use that word because I want people to know if they are not in that situation, but they are observing someone who's going through it, or they love someone who's going through it. Mm. Please, please know that that could very well be how it feels to them.
0: Oh, so. it is an awful feeling because you're just like, Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it was hard enough to get divorced the first time. And you're like, Are you kidding me? Like, yes, I just, I, just, I, I uh, this is not, this is not. This doesn't have the makings for a, a, an eternal marriage. What did I? What's going? What did I do? Yes,
1: can. but then after that, um, it wasn't that long after that humiliating feeling, and the humiliation to me was part of the realization that it was going to be a second divorce. You know, even before yeah. the divorce was set into motion, yeah. Yeah. that I would need to, you know, kind of bear that burden as I was working through it because it was the right thing to do, but. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. You're so going, I want you're
0: going to, gonna, you're going to delve into the, cause we love words. We are women of words. Humiliation. Yes. For people to know. Yeah. Go. Yeah.
1: Um, that's all I wanted to say about that <laughs> there. Another thought came to me and I'm sure it will come back around as they often do, especially if it's a good one, but uh, let's keep moving. <laughs> It'll probably come back
0: to me. Okay. I love that you wanted to pause for a minute and just revisit that word because, um, when, was, when all was said and done, I was able to look at, at my second husband and we were able to say, do you regret this? And neither one of us regretted it, even though I felt just really stupid and embarrassed. But, but the non-regret part was just what had happened during just that very short period of time that we were together in terms of some healing and in terms of what we both needed to learn about ourselves. Yes. So I want to say, you know, those are all... Uh, if I try to put myself in the mind of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, looking down on my he- on my earthly children, be- as just you know a normal, very flawed parent here on Earth, when I see my kids doing stuff, even though my brain is like, mm, I think you're gonna maybe not be happy about that, Joyce. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I when I feel myself thinking that, I almost have a thought right on the tails of that, even though if it's going to be something really really painful. Um, I just can't help but have this other thought that's like well you're sure gonna learn something you know and how am I to prevent you from learning that like sometimes that's the only way that we can grow and learn and I'm not trying to make an excuse for a bad decision I'm just saying we can learn from every decision and I don't even know sometimes if a decision necessarily is bad if we have progressed and learned from it I don't know that I would qualify it like that
1: yeah. You know, I appreciate that. And also the words that you're saying are prompt. It's prompting my thoughts so that I can remember what I was thinking of earlier. <laughs>
0: okay. How about that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the second time, in addition to feeling humiliating at first, it it wasn't very long before I had to address the fact that I had had two failed marriages and I was the common denominator.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a very stark thought. And yeah, who's been through that has had those thoughts and more, right? Yes.
1: I mean, at that point, um, it just becomes, I mean, the onus is really on me to do the work at that point there. It could be a little bit convenient with the first failure for me to, you know, Blame or kind of assign responsibility, but that that really doesn't help you to grow. Um, and the second time around, i I felt that, okay, so if this is happening a second time, um, I really need to identify why, what am I doing that is causing this to happen? I, I had to look at that in a way that I didn't feel like I had to look
0: at the first time. I completely, 100%, agree. Same, same here. You, you really are. I mean, talk about. I mean, I feel like we're already pretty self-reflective people, but it put me in a whole nother universe of self-reflection. I'm going like really putting the brakes on and going, okay, what in the world do I need to examine about myself? Like, and it involved a lot of prayer too. Like, Heavenly Father, just help me reveal stuff to me that I need to know. Like, help me on this path because. Uh, this is not happening again.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know, that promise is very true. Um, it's very true that if you ask sincerely to, um, to see what the flaws are and to see what the, what you need to do to change, it will be revealed to you.
0: Yeah. And it's, they're painful ways too. And they're also gentle ways, which I really appreciate. (laughs) Yes. I appreciate the incremental knowledge. That's more gentle. But there's also been the in your face. Oh my goodness, that hurt to realize that about myself. Yep. Um, okay, so this actually segues very nicely into the second thing I wanted to talk about, which is what we thought then when we first started dating again after our second marriage has ended, and and what has evolved over time. So I'll I'll just mention one silly thing I thought, and this thought that I had really kind of drove me into this quick rebound second marriage. And so this is, it was a big thought that changed. And the thought was this, oh, I have tried to make my original eternal marriage work for decades and it didn't. So now, boom, I should be totally deserving and ready to have my real eternal marriage happen now.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work for you? did not work
0: <laughs> as I can attest to. Right. But that thought drove me into like my second marriage so fast. Like, okay, I've been patient and all this stuff. And I've worked so hard and I've tried so hard. So now it should happen. Like right now it should happen, which is such a, you know, I mean, just, and it's born out of yearning for that. We all yearn for that. Uh, eternal love, I mean, man is not meant to be alone. Woman is not meant to be alone. We know that the ultimate relationship is that that is in uh, similitude of our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. So they're our role models. That's what we yearn for, to have yes. that. And we know that that's something that is pleasing to, to both of them and that they want for us as well. So where I started then and five and a half years ago was not having that thought. And having the idea that it was going to happen when it was going to happen, and and I had the thought that I wasn't going to make something happen and say, well, why wouldn't this work? But rather just allow something to unfold in an organic way and to really involve the Lord a lot, because I don't feel like I involved him a lot preceding the second marriage.
1: Yes, I understand that.
0: But where I am now, there's a huge evolution. Which was, I started with those thoughts, but I didn't always implement them, even though I knew they were true thoughts and they were thoughts that Heavenly Father, He was giving me those thoughts to to be in a healthier place when I was um, entering into relationships or communicating with certain men online or whatever. But I think it took me a long time to really be okay with not being anxious about, oh man, I hope this really works out versus if it doesn't, then it wasn't right. But if it is, I'm going to give it every possible chance. But just allowing it to be and allowing it to grow organically, if that's what was going to happen with the connection with this person. Does that make sense? It does. That's one thing I feel really grateful for that I feel like I've evolved a lot from then until now. Okay. What, What do you think that you have evolved a lot in looking back then and where you are now?
1: Um,
0: I think then,
1: I, I think I slightly misinterpreted some things, but, uh, but I think I was heading down a better direction. And I think at the time I was like, what I need to do is I need to cast my net wider. Um, And I need to open myself up to uh, more possibilities and that sort of thing. And that led to some really great learning experiences. But I've definitely learned over the course of time from five years ago to now that I actually needed to identify things a little bit more specifically. And I needed to identify them in terms of who I really am. It wasn't so much about I needed to widen the net of the other people I was meeting and be open to that as much as it was I really need to spend some time figuring out who I am and, you know, how I connect to people and what, what are the things that I really need and what I am looking for and to get really real about that.
0: You know, I think, it, uh Same. Right. I'm just going to say same, everything you say, same. <laughs> but and I, we've talked about this before, but I think, you know, when we're really young or maybe we don't have um, as uh, the, the best perspective on who we want to marry, I don't know if everyone does, but it seems to me like a lot of people, especially when I was younger, I had a very specific grocery list or laundry list or what have you. But it, but I knew not to put stupid stuff on there like, um, you know, must have an IQ of this or must have blue eyes or must have be this height or must have make this much money. I mean, I knew not to put stuff like that on there because those were just so superficial and they meant really nothing to me at all.
1: I totally identify with that. I, okay. I get that.
0: Right. But so, but then, then, you know, I did start having things on there like, um, I don't know. It was like really important to me to be able to like like books. I love literature. I love books. We both are former English teachers, and I really couldn't imagine myself being with someone who didn't like to read. I just thought I don't even I don't even know how we would connect. Well, there's a million other ways we could could, could connect. And there's a million other conversations we can have that are not grounded in literature. But um, I think when you say you were casting your net wider. Are are you kind of talking about you were opening yourself up to maybe the way someone looked or maybe what their background was or, or maybe even um, their belief system? Is that what you're talking about, Cassie? Yeah, why, why, why? I, w- I would say all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, because what I felt I had done is, and and some of this emerged out of a really meaningful conversation um, that I had with my son in helping me to see what I was doing and choosing, but I I kind of, when I was young and choosing, I just had a really simple end game. My end game was a temple marriage. It was simple. And I didn't put much thought into the the daily steps that you have to take toward eternity. I just, I really... I think I was naively interpreting, seeing those pictures of uh, people that have a temple marriage and seeing the joy and thinking, okay, if I achieve that, then I'm set. And and I know that the way that I'm explaining it right now is sounding very simplistic, but I'm afraid I probably was that I was very simplistic about it. I thought that's what I needed. I didn't think about the myriad elements that are required. For connection and for people to have a relationship with each other that lasts. And so then um, next I thought, okay, so I was overly focused on that temple marriage. And so what I really need to do is think more about just a good person, you know, a mm-hmm. good man. And um, but then that was, I think, just it, I think it kind of went the other direction of what I needed it to do. It didn't really refine me or who I am or things I needed to do differently, it was really still putting the onus of it on finding that other right person.
0: I know, right? Because I think, and I've, I've heard this um, from a lot of different guys who I've dated or have had conversations with over the last five years, that th- they recognize that there are women that they meet or date or even marry who presented one side of themselves it wasn't like they were being fake or being deceptive but it was just presenting not the entirety of who they were they weren't being 100 percent authentic and it was probably because they didn't feel like they could be you know that's a whole nother level of being confident and, and and loving yourself being able to show all of yourself and not just the highlights and the good stuff and there was this sense after a while that I would get of, wow, I do that too. I just only show the good parts of myself. And I really need to get to a point where, A, like you said, I really need to identify what, who I am and what's important to me. What are the real authentic points of connection that will tell me that we're really connecting as two people and we can build on that?
1: Yeah, because I think it's important to consider... If a relationship does not work out, um, what any kind of relationship, if it does not work out, I think a lot of times we are pointing the finger at what the other person is doing mm-hmm. and, and we're giving them an awful lot of power in this situation for why the relationship did not work out. When in truth, if the relationship doesn't work out from our side of the equation, at least, it's because, it, because we could not accommodate whoever they are. We could not, or we, were, we weren't willing to, or sometimes it, it goes against our values, or for whatever reason, it, it's, it's us that are not able to remain in that relationship because of what's going on in the relationship. Rather than just saying, this person did this, and this person did that, and because they were doing that, the relationship's over. And it's just, I think it's really important all the time to kind of see what decisions we are making step-by-step step through the whole process. And so in then moving forward and finding um, relationships that are going to be fulfilling and lasting, I need to be asking more of the question about, okay, can, is this something that I can work with? <laughs> Is this something? Is this something that works with me? Is this something that works with with my values and that sort of thing? Rather than just kind of looking over on the other side of the fence and saying this person's doing that, this person's doing the other thing. Um, but but how do we work with the reality of what we're experiencing?
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And you know, in this online dating world, it's you sometimes have to come to those conclusions either quickly or at least. You have to discern, like you know, are we on the same page? Like, are are, are the connective parts parts that are solid, eternal parts of who both of us are? And I, back in the day before we had online dating, you could very rarely did you go out with someone when you didn't already have some sort of connection with them, and that led to a date. Like you would look at that person and there was attraction and maybe there was some spark there of friendship as well. And that was already information that you had to build on. You probably maybe even knew something about their values. And, and you could find out in a more organic way if you were even compatible.
1: Totally. And holistic way too. I mean, there were so many cylinders firing at the point that you were even thinking that you had that level of interest. Whereas in online dating, you are working with so few cylinders and trying to determine <laughs> it. But quite frankly, I, and you and I have both commented about this on the phone. It's amazing how we're getting more acute with some of those calls.
0: Oh, you know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, it's, it's our radar is getting really fine tuned now for any chance on this planet for there's to for there to be connection that will grow a and also just I think we're super fine-tuned now as to um, red flags or not even necessarily generalized red flags but something that we know for us that is not going to work for instance fitting into the parameters of our own personal spiritual and religious beliefs, or just, um, just our, what our idea of true friendship is um, very specific things to, to each of us individually. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's actually talk about some red flags. (laughs) All right. Um, So if you're new to online dating, I wish I would have known about a lot of these red flags five-ish years ago. So we're going to share with you some red flags that are pretty common and that if you're new or even if you're not new, maybe you're like, is that something I should be concerned about? Um, Because there are people online, shock, who are are scammers or are married or um, just aren't nice and you want to kind of know what those red flags are. Um, So for instance, a very common scammer approach um, for the male scammer people, that if you're a woman you want to be aware of, is uh, if you see a profile and Sorry, real widowers out there, because there really are real widow, widowers out there. But that is a common status that scammers will use because it's very convenient not to have to tell you about, um, at some point in time, their, their ex wife and to not have to go into why the marriage fell apart. And if you're, if you're in that widower category, it's like you were a good husband who knew how to make a marriage work, and unfortunately your wife died, and then there's a sympathy factor. So that's just actually a category just to be aware of. Um, There really are widowers out there. Uh, Actually, what's the male term for widowers?
1: I thought that that's what it was. Uh, You would think that with all of this dating I've done, I would know those things.
0: You're a widow if you're a female. And if you're a male, I guess it's widower. I think think it is
1: widower because I think a woman is a
0: widow. She's a widow for sure. The black widow. Yeah, she's a widow. So widower, I guess, is the guy. Yeah. So... um, Anyway, that's one red flag. It doesn't mean that uh, automatically they're a scammer, but it's just a category to be aware of. What's one you've noticed, Kristen?
1: If the pictures look too good to be true, they are.
0: (laughs) I know, right? If they look like they were like a model photo shoot or like, you know, they're getting photographed for a lifestyle magazine or GQ or a businessman about town. Yeah. Yeah for
1: sure if they're super pro if if he's sitting and he's resting his uh chin on (laughs) on his thumb
0: (laughs) probably not real (laughs) there are four photographs now that uh show up repeatedly in the profiles that that come to me there are four and they are good looking guys
1: Mm -mm -mm. of course they are they're models (laughs)
0: <laughs> or no, this one guy is from Australia and he's a health guru. He has like his own website and his own products and he does a lot of media, social media. So he's everywhere. And, and so scammers grab his picture all the time because he is one foxy 50-ish guy. Really, (laughs) I'll stop now because I could go on and on, but I, um, you know, you can, so if you are suspect at all that this is maybe a a fake picture, you can do a Google image reverse search and it'll show you where this image came from and you'll find out that that's a fake image in case you have, um, that's a way to do that. Um, What else?
1: If they, if their university is overseas,
0: that's a pretty good sign. It certainly can be. Or even if they have a job that takes them outside of the United States a lot, like they're traveling, they do import, export, or they have a job that just takes them around the world or doesn't keep them in your area in where you are, because chances are they don't even live where they say they're living. And so this is an excuse to say, I can't meet you because, you know, I'm doing this deal over in Turkey, right? So that's another one.
1: Now, in terms of flat out scammers, those are kind of the red flags for me, but are you asking about other red
0: flags of let's, just, um, let's go people? into other let's go into other red flags now. so let's say this person's not a scammer, but then you've got some other kind of things, and these can be more reddish orange flags they they It's like you, you know use your wisdom and discernment, trust your instincts, trust the light of Christ in you trust. The spirit, if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't, even though it logically might seem like it is. So let's talk about that category. What are some things that we've noticed um, that can be the the demise of a communication or a relationship that we might want to just be aware of in the beginning? I would say you've barely talked. You
1: may have talked once, and already he's in town and he wants to get together right away. Yeah. Especially if he's from out of town.
0: Yeah. Because why, you know, why, why, why are you rushing this? Why, you know, now there's two schools of thoughts in terms of getting to know someone. The one school of thought is let's meet immediately if there's any interest, because let's just check out what the chemistry is. Let's just make sure that the person who's representing themselves online really does look like that, really is representing themselves accurately. So Rather than finding out, you know, a month down the road that that's going to be an issue. Let's just find out right now. So that's one school of thought. But if they're from out of town, you know, unless they're already, now I do have a really good friend and we became really good friends because we wanted, we ended up meeting pretty quickly after we met online because he was, he already had a trip planned to see family where I lived. So we did meet kind of early on and we're good friends now but do you, you know most of the time that's kind of like hmm, why are you rushing it right
1: yeah if there's pressure because he's going to be in town only for a day or something like that it's it's a flag it doesn't necessarily mean that there's an issue
0: but it is a flag to look at it's definitely just something to look at and put it together with any other things and look at them in their totality um and while you mentioned that uh if they immediately, like you've only communicated a little bit online and they're immediately giving you their number or their email and they say, okay, if they say, I don't come on here very much. Right. <laughs> I'm not on this I, site very much. Because I have a
1: girlfriend
0: and <laughs> she wouldn't like seeing that. <laughs> I'm married, yeah. It's like, you're like, whenever I read that now, you know, like when I first read it, I was like, oh, they must be really busy. They're just not on here very much. Now I know way better. They are busy, Dana. (laughs) You're
1: correct. (laughs) You're right,
0: ladies. Take it from us. Okay, if anyone ever says that, (laughs) there's absolutely no reason on the face of the earth for you to, to get off the safe the safe app that you're on and start communicating with them off off app or offline until you've gotten to know each other. Why? Think about it. Why would a guy ask you that? There's no yeah. reason on earth why he would ask you that other than he wants to get you off the app because he wants to get more personal, maybe get more personal information from you. It, j- j- there's no reason. It's yeah. Like, it's like, think about it. If a guy really wants to meet someone and is, tr- is on this app to truly, genuinely meet someone, then that's why he's on the app. He's going to be on the app. He's not going to be on the app every once a month. Yeah. Right?
1: Every two weeks. Here's another one. Um, <laughs> hardly know him. And wants to travel, wants to want you to go to the timeshare already, wants to take you
0: to Hawaii or what yeah. have you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. No good reason for that to happen right now. That's that's you know, that's a down the road once we know each other, a lot of things have gotta happen first, kind of thing. Yep, exactly. And here's another one. Now, some again, this is just this is not cut and dried if But if someone says this, just kind of raise your awareness because there are genuine guys who will say to you, so how long have you been on here and what are you looking for? That's a genuine question, especially from someone really new. But it's also a major question when someone who's not sincere. Because they want to know how savvy you are. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, I get that a lot. And um, I usually give them the benefit of the doubt and say, that's a really, that's a pretty red flag to ask me that because I say what I want in my profile. And so if I'm not being clear, (laughs) I would love feedback and tell me what I'm not being clear about because I think I'm pretty clear. It's like they haven't even read your profile. So why are they asking you what you want?
1: Yes. Another one, uh, marriage right away or already
0: talking about um, moving to be nearer. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a scary thing. It's like, why would you move or talk about marriage at this point? We're just getting to know each other.
1: And then on the other side of the equation, I think is um, first date or first phone calls, and all you get to hear about is the ex-wife.
0: Yes, which brings us to another thing that you and I have talked about quite a bit. We kind of have a little bit of this rule, although we have bent this rule and there are extenuating circumstances for sure. And here's how I know that it can be an exception to the rule. Um, but the rule kind of is, it takes about a year to really heal from the end of a marriage, whether that's by divorce or by death. It takes a good chunk of time and people might be wanting to dive into something, but if someone tells me that it's been under that period of time, I mean, I have I have gone out with people when it's been under a year and. It definitely, it all always has ended because they weren't ready for something. They just needed to heal. They needed to come to themselves. They needed to figure out themselves, figure out what they want. But it also is good, and I don't fault anyone for getting out there. They just need to get out there and just, like, meet people. And and it's a healing thing, too. But you should just know that they're probably not ready, and they're probably not in the same place that you are. However, (laughs) one of my good friends who didn't marry for decades, we were actually missionary companions, and she ended up meeting someone in her 40s, she'd never married, and he was a widow, er, and he was only online for a very short time when they met, and it was the right timing for them, and again, it was very, a very short period, I want to say it was only like a couple months after his wife passed away, and it's been several, several years that they've been married now. They're so happy. They're very cute together. So I know it can happen that way, but it's something to be aware of.
1: Yep. And then I think there are just your own personal red flags. You know, if you don't feel that, uh, you're, if you see something and you're like, this is not going to create a sustainable relationship, um, period, or this is not going to create a sustainable relationship for me.
0: Yes. We got to identify those. I think you're so wise, wise woman. Yes, exactly. And let's talk about those things now. Let's talk about how we've grown as individuals and what we've identified. And we don't have to be specific if we don't want to be, but just what's, what important lessons have we learned? I'm kind of like squishing two ideas together. What have we learned? What have we identified? Or I won't say we, (laughs) you, me, that is really important to us now that maybe we didn't know five ish years ago. Um, man, I have so
1: many things to say about this. So this program we're doing is like a 27 part program. Am I right? So
0: I'm going to have plenty (laughs) of time. Yeah. Part one, we'll have 26 more parts. Mm. Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, okay. So gosh, I could go so many different directions. There are some, there are some red flags that are just really kind of funny and I've, (laughs) I've noticed patterns, and it's just funny that there's been nothing to change my mind that this is a red flag because of the pattern. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a red a red flag for me is someone who the first thing that they want to know is if if you like to stay in shape. <laughs> That's the first thing they want to know. A hundred percent of the men that I have interacted with, and this is quite a few people who have kind of led with this a hundred percent of those did not ultimately work out um and I just for me it's just if that is if that is the number one focus then I can see that we're just not going to be compatible people not that it's not somewhere on my list I know If that's number one, then that's not going to work for me. It's
0: an important question for sure. I mean, it's important to you to be healthy and in shape. It's important to me. I appreciate that in the other person for sure, but I don't lead with that. You don't lead with that. And I, and I agree. I agree. If someone leads with that, it's, it's why, why are you leading with that? You already saw my picture on the profile. (laughs) right already know if there's semi-attraction there now let's let's get to the essence of who we are before we you know i mean that's like asking somebody about their bank account quite frankly
1: it is and to me it's also part you know that's a red flag for me because i understand myself if if that is where a man starts then i know my response to that is going to be to be very self-conscious now that that's how Mm -hmm. i respond to that i just know myself and so that's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun for me to be concerned about whether or not I'm in shape enough and it, is that what he's going to be focused on and that sort of thing. And, and in, in that circumstance, I can't be myself. I can't really bring myself to the relationship.
0: I, I, I totally agree. That, and I, I don't know, unless there are women who like, they live and eat and sleep and breathe 24 hours just like what goes into their mouth and how much they, of exercise they get per week and they're always in the gym and they look fantastic then they're gonna those are people that are very athletic and those are people that are going to gravitate towards each other but unless and I and I'm not one of those people but I do find it to be very very important to me and I am athletic but not at that level and I try to be healthy but not at that level and I think that if you even if you are that level I can't speak for those women I'm assuming they're not as self conscious because they look fantastic, <laughs> but maybe they are. <laughs> but I know for me as well, yeah, that would make me really self conscious. I'd be like, uh, you know, well, I have, you know, I could, you know, lose a little bit. I could be a little more musculature and have a little more tone here. I mean, and then think about people that, you know, um, have a few more pounds on them. I mean, honestly, it's just, boy, that's, yeah, that's a tough one. Okay.
1: I also have flags that are almost visceral, um, and it's just the way I react to the person. So I've learned for myself that I need to strike a balance in terms of my reaction to the person. I need to think about what comes to my mind. I need to think about how my spirit is affected by the person. I need to notice what's going on in my gut, and I need to think about what my heart is experiencing.
0: I love that. It's so true, because if we focus on only one of those things, I mean, I mean, I've gotten in trouble when I've only focused on the physical attraction or when I've only focused on an intellectual connection or when I've only focused on just um, laughing together with a person, which is awesome. But there are certain things that I know that I need to focus on, kind of in a certain. They don't have well, I, they don't have to be a certain order, but they definitely need to be a core in order to build on. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know. Should we should we put the train back on another track? <laughs> I just think it's so funny that, I mean, once. And again, for me, this journey has been so much about, just know thyself. Like, I, I've i always been a person who has been very self-reflective, and I've always felt that I was a person who really did have a major amount of self-awareness, even from a young age. But, you know, there's always room for surprise. <laughs> there's always room for discovery and for getting to know yourself uh, even more, right? Yes so, um when you were mentioning some of the things that you thought going into your first marriage, the, I, I just felt like wow you 're describing exactly how I felt too i was I, I, I went into it into it pretty naive, and i didn 't even think that I was naive because I married older in life, like I was in my late twenties, so for me that was I felt that was a little bit older i 'd already served a mission, I already had been out in the world doing a lot of things that i that were part of my goal list in life. And so I, by the time I found my husband and um, we got married, I, and he was older too, I just felt like we had lived enough life to know what we were doing. And I do very strongly actually feel that that, that was a marriage that um, was meant to happen and that some amazing things came of that marriage. But there was also a lot of naivete in terms of, I mean, in my mind, if you had date night every Friday night... <laughs> and if you just got along great and stayed friends and talked a lot, um, you were good to go, especially if you were both committed to the gospel. Sure. Um, And so there were a lot of things that I didn't understand about marriage and a lot of things that I'm glad that I know about marriage now and having just observed couples that have been together for decades and still like each other and still friends. And yes, they've been through really hard times and they've been, through moments in their marriage that have been really dark, they've come out on the other side. And those are the people that I look at and go, okay, you guys are rock stars and I want to be like you.
1: I want something beautiful. And there are a lot of lessons that I have learned um, over the course of the, you know, the first several decades of my life. I've, I've learned, I've internalized I've thought through. I've um, prayed. I've asked friends. You know, I've talked your ear off. And
0: then, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> got, we We we're no. We're let's rephrase that because
1: we have. Well, your ears that, are still on. So I guess that that was. You know, I was taking some liberties with that.
0: A little bit, a little bit, a little bit of liberty. A little bit of liberty, but it also makes it sound like you forced your words on me, and it's been the. <laughs> It's been the absolute opposite of that. God put us together to help us on this journey. And yes. we help each other just with, I don't even know, if we were to guess the number of words that we have given each other over this five plus year journey, um, I, the billion, I, has it been a billion words? I don't know. I want to say it kind of has. We
1: are We can be pretty effusive with yeah. our words. So a billion is probably conservative.
0: But they've been words that have helped each other on our journey. And it's been a really important, very important thing
1: now and that is key that is kind of like going down a, another another direction but i i can't underscore that m- more i mean that is that requires so much emphasis have good people to reflect with have, uh, have yeah. real friends that you can talk to that will tell you the difficult things that will love you up when you're needing some love you up moments and you've been all of that for me. Now, we could we could go on for a whole other rest of the episode about how much I love you. But I do want to get back to this point. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I also, wanna, wait, let's just – but what? I just also want to point out, too, if if you're a married person and you're listening to this podcast and, and you're maybe – and it probably has nothing to do with your life, but maybe you have someone in your life who is single, who is has either never been married or has been through a divorce – Please understand that you can be of such value to that person, even though you, you know, you don't have a lot in common in terms of your marital status, but you do have so much to contribute because you can help this person. Um, You can model what a good marriage is like. And I know, we know not every marriage is perfect, but there are, there are ways of approaching and of, of having good productive conversations and not productive conversations and of being able to progress and get closer and work through stuff and not and get further apart. So you have something to contribute as well because if you're a person who's divorced, more than likely you're looking for good examples and good role models of what works.
1: Thank you Dana. And so this beautiful relationship that I feel like I am ready for. I another way that I have defined it for myself is by observing other relationships. And I don't even have to go outside of my own family. There are so many beautiful relationships, marriages, even watching my kids date. One of the most beautiful things I've seen is my daughter on a date with someone and hearing her laugh her head off in the same way that she would if she weren't with him, in the same way that she would if she were just with family. She could Mm -hmm. laugh her head off with this person, and I could see her personality in all of its facets, which are many, coming out as they were interacting with each other. To me, I'm like, now that is a beautiful dating experience right there, because she feels like she can be herself. And then when I observe uh, my son, my sons, and their wives together, and I see how they communicate with each other, how they care for each other, in one circumstance, I really admire how very directly they can speak to each other directly, but with total respect. Um, and then in the other case, I see so much um kind of care and concern and really putting the other person's needs before their own before words even start to come out of their mouths. And it's just really, it has helped me to shape what I am looking for in terms of a beautiful relationship as well.
0: Ah, oh, I love that. It's so awesome when we learn stuff from our kids. Oh, it's one of the benefits of struggling through the toddler years. <laughs>
1: It didn't kill us off. So we might as well learn from them. Am I correct?
0: They're amazing people. Oh my goodness. All right. Very cool. Did you want to say anything more about personal or or would you like to have question behind door number six? Um, I, okay. One more thing I
1: would like to say. Oh, well, before we go to the number six, can you first tell me what you mean by that? Because I wasn't even sure where to think after I saw what, you know, after I kind of saw what it was about. What are you oh, meaning well, I'll by I'll
0: explain. I'll explain to you what's behind door number six. Please do. Are you choosing door number six?
1: I, I am I am peeking behind door number 6 because if it doesn't address what I want to say then
0: I will go back to what I want to say it kind and then, of is it kind of is uh it dovetails into what we were just talking about. So we've talked about red flags, right? Right. But then I was trying to think, well what's the opposite of a red flag? Like what are the great flags that go oh 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 i feel you we, we might I feel connect you on that but i couldn't think of like what is the opposite color of red well red and black nah red and white Well, white maybe white symbolic is super cool but then also i think of a white flag as surrendering well we do surrender to christ when i'm like oh uh, we surrender we put our wheels on the all our, our wills not wheels our wills on the altar when we become a disciple of Christ, and I hope that we put our our wills on the altar when we enter into a marriage, like, I'm not going to be strong-willed. I'm going to try to put their needs ahead of mine and be unselfish and all that other good stuff, right? But instead, I couldn't think of an opposite color of red. So that's why I mentioned to you that we're going to talk about beautiful, multicolored flags, all these gorgeous colors. (laughs) And um, so to unconfuse you, I hope that did unconfuse you. Did I it
1: did except for when you said something about am I going to not be strong willed? Am I gonna because if if there if that's on the table of what I need to do to be to be in a, a great relationship, I'm sunk because I am very <laughs> strong willed.
0: But no, no, and, and I let me let me clarify that. Please clarify. I have I I have birthed very strong willed children. And when oh, they were, that's true. And when they were younger, and, and and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight this battle because I'm just going to lose this one. I'm going to choose my battles. But also, I remember thinking, this will serve them well as adults. You're glad they're strong-willed. Good for them. Well, I'm strong-willed too. So good for me, right? It has pulled me through a lot of, for lack of a better word, crap. But. I
1: don't think that's strong enough. <laughs> huh? I don't think that word is strong enough. But, you know, I understand <laughs>
0: <laughs> In life, okay, stuff, stuff, that stuff, that stuff. My point is, is I think being strong-willed is a good thing, but I don't think it's a good thing when it doesn't allow us to be humble, to admit that we're wrong, to be able to um, completely become one. We need that. Um, we need that idea of strong people, strong-willed, but who are malleable because they want to be united. It doesn't mean they have to give up their opinion, doesn't mean they have to give up extremely important parts of themselves. It just means they have to create a neural pathway or a spiritual pathway to unite.
1: Okay. Because I fully intend to take my strong will and align it with my heavenly Father's plan for me. There you go. And with passion and with strength um really really love the heck out of somebody there you go love them like crazy with that will right yeah
0: okay I'm with you all right so let's talk about the beautiful colorful flags that we kind that we individually look for when we say "Ah, this could be a possibility let's explore this with this person
1: well that you know if he's hot 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 hello
0: Well, there's that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But that can grow. Oh, I, I, it can, yes. I absolutely, And it does grow a lot for women, I think. I think that um, for me, if there's any possibility at all that that can grow, even if, that, even if that's not initially there, I'm interested. Yes.
1: I'm
0: interested. Um, if it's Besides
1: inter- Dana, there are so many ways to be hot.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there's an intellectual connection, oh, mama mia. So for me, that's one thing. If there's an intellectual connection, if I feel like we can talk on the same level intellectually, that's a big deal to me. That makes me go, mm, and only if that's coupled with non-arrogance. Um, mm, a, lot nice. times, a lot of times the arrogance can kind of go along with that. Um, like, you know, someone that thinks they know everything and they want to actually show that off or whatever. That just, there's, there's a level of arrogance that can Accompany that. So if that does accompany that, that's like a 180 degree major red flag for me. I just turn around and walk the other way. Not interested at all. Got you. But we're talking about beautiful things now. So,
1: Yeah, kind of similar to that. I have to say um, a person who has grown from experiences um, and that's what he's communicating and he's actively looking for those growth opportunities. That's Mm -hmm. where his focus is. That's like a huge flag to my inner toro.
0: Yeah, me too. Because th- I mean, I want to be progressing until the day I die. I want to I always become a better version of myself. And so um, if I sense that in someone else, that that's one of their driving motivational forces within them, boy, that's really, that's a beautiful flag for me. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. And I didn't used to look for that. I used to think that everybody was of that mind, because because I'm like that. And so you know how you project that on other people. I used to think that was like a given, and it took me a long time to figure out. Oh wait, not everybody is interested in that.
1: <laughs> I I have found that very difficult to find because you know we are we are dating people and we are we are in this group of people that have some relationships. You know we have we have failed relationships, I will use that word. Um, And there's an awful lot that comes along with that. So um, if people have, if, if, you know, the man has processed it to the point where he's, he's um, showing that he's growing from it, he appreciates the experiences. And, you know, you don't hear a whole lot of blame flying around, that sort of thing. um, That's a
0: beautiful thing to me. I agree. It's very beautiful. What's another beautiful flag for you?
1: Creativity.
0: Oh, yes. you are. Oh, beautiful- my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're both very creative people, but for you, that is a bigger flag that needs to be, like, that's a big flag for you. And for me, it's not so much. Isn't that interesting? I don't even, I don't know that I believe that. Okay. Maybe I'm lying. <laughs> I just don't think that's as big of a deal to me. I, I feel like things like authenticity, um, making me laugh, the sense of humor to me is so incredibly important.
1: Yes. I underestimated that. Um, but that is hugely important. And to me, it's it's there's an intellectual side of it too.
0: Mm-hmm, there if is. If somebody
1: can be really clever, um, and you know, as I think the Aussies say, "Banta." If
0: you got some banta with the person, that's very, very attractive. <laughs> and it doesn't even to me. It doesn't even mean that they have to be like stand-up comedian funny at all. It can be really dry wit. It can be it. But yes, I just, I just need to be able to connect on that level. And I've connected on that level with a lot of different men in different ways, different kinds of humor. But it just has to be there in some form, some way that it connects us. And it does. Uh, also, it does inform whether um, we are intellectually compatible as well, because senses of humor. Well, there's so much different kind of kinds of humor. I mean, I'll laugh at Bill Irwin, who is like a modern day Charlie Chaplin, with just his slapstick and his pratfalls. He's a genius with physical comedy. And if somebody, I've never dated anyone who had that talent, but if they did. I would be like laughing my head off all the time, which is the opposite of wit and banter. But to me, it's just very intelligent when you have that command of your body and you can do that kind of physical humor. So I don't know. I don't even care what kind of humor it is as long as it connects with me and it makes me laugh because it makes me feel like our spirits are communicating.
1: Yes. Music is important to me and, and kind of like um, the kind of music a person listens to. I, I, there's a part of me that wishes that weren't true for me because there's a part of me that thinks, I don't know, is that a little bit superficial? But, um, if, if our taste isn't somewhere in the same orbit, it's just, it's just kind of hard for me.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's a little bit, I think that's actually pretty, um, I don't think that's a rare thing because people will put on their profile, their favorite artists or some of their favorite lyrics or songs, because they actually do want to use that as a means of, of connecting. You know, I was like, yep. would we go to these same concerts together? Now for me, that is not, and I could be lying to myself about this too. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's as a big of a deal for me. Um, just because I also have a really wide, wide spectrum of genres of music that I loved so I guess I feel like almost anything that they were into I would connect with them and Another, I love being introduced, sorry go ahead I love being introduced to new artists too I had a whole relationship that almost revolved around nothing but Sufjan Stevens <laughs> I'd never even heard of him before that, but I just was like, wow. He was like, yeah, I thought you'd like him. I'm like, yeah, I do. You know, and I ended up going to one of his concerts without him, by the way, <laughs> we had sort of, we were no longer really in each other's orbit by the time the concert came along. So I ended up going um, by myself and then by inviting my daughter to join me. But it, it was really cool to like be introduced to someone new that I enjoy anyway. Okay. Um, Any other beautiful flags you want to bring up that you've discovered about yourself that you didn't know before?
1: Um, I, you know, I really love thinking that is flexible, not too rigid, you know, in terms of the way that uh, the world is viewed, people are Mm -hmm. viewed, cultures are viewed.
0: Yeah, me too. And I almost sometimes think um, if someone's going to put on their profile that they're a supporter of, of one, uh, political figure or another, it seems to me to be really divisive. And sometimes I think, because they'll say, you know, if you're this person, swipe this way, because in other words, I don't even want to talk to you. And I think, well, I don't support that person, or I kind of like that person or whatever. But I'm thinking, I would never put that on my profile just because I don't know. I just think that there's so much more to a person besides who they support politically. Now, maybe for some people, that is a huge deal. And if it is that big of a deal to them, then I guess they need to put that on there. But I just think, I mean, I lived in the D.C. Beltway for 11 years, and and I just... I realized that even though everything turned to politics and whatever benign discussion, even it was about flowers, it would somehow turn political. It just really turned me off to like having that define your conversation and define your relationships. And I think, Hey, if Mary Madeline and James Carville can have a very productive and lovely marriage that's lasted for a couple of decades now, they fell in love with who the other was and they were able to miraculously get past the idea that one was in the major Clinton camp and one was in the major Bush camp. So anyway, I just think, yeah, I don't know.
1: Also, Dana, I love an adventurous spirit. Uh, Somebody who has a thirst and a passion for life and experiences and uh, Mm -hmm. learning and growing. Um, It's just a lot of fun to be with people that introduce you to new things or they're open to discovering things along with you.
0: Yes, I agree. All right, let's move along now and talk about what it's like to be LDS and to date. Have you? Oh, I already know the question and I know the answer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for those who are wondering, uh, I know that you are an active LDS woman. It's, and true. it's a very important part of your life. Have you ever dated someone who's not LES, and if so, why?
1: Yes, I have i I did quite a bit when I was growing up because there just weren't there were really no other options. Um, I did after my first divorce um, and 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 was the question why did I? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and why?
1: Um, I feel like I knew who I was, um, and when I was young, young, and dating, I just kind of um, had already made up the decision in my mind that this was a friendship, and we were going to enjoy dating, and that I didn't see it going past that, which was fine for being that young, and then after my first divorce, I thought, um, my father, uh, is the best man I've ever known. And he, uh, he converted to, um, to the gospel very, very late in life. Um, but he was a rock and a supporter of our family living the gospel for many, many years. And I thought, um, I thought maybe what I really need to be looking for is a good man with integrity and not, be really strict about a man who is LDS. And then the interesting thing about that is that now, as I'm dating now, um, it's kind of come back around for me that I will only date men who are LDS because I just need to start from that point with that person.
0: It saves a lot of discussion in terms of why you're not going to be sleeping with them. That's true. (laughs) It saves a lot of explanation, Um, but it also... I also, I get torn about this because uh, there are, I mean, being LDS is not corner of the market on being a good man by any means. And in fact, um, I've met some really beautiful and good men who are not LDS. So I basically, I'm of the camp of just saying, hey, Heavenly Father, you know what I need. You know what, you know what, you know what person is going to be good for, good for me and who I'm going to be good for so just help me be open to that wherever they are it'd be great if they were LDS that would just save that would just save a lot of I don't know I I actually I don't know if I'm going to say that I was I was going to say that would save a lot of steps a lot of different discussions but there's nothing wrong with extra steps there's nothing wrong with extra discussion there's absolutely nothing wrong in my mind with connecting with another son of god wherever they are if that's where that connection is going to happen so, yeah
1: and i'm sorry did you finish
0: what you I, wanted to pretty say? Much, I was just gonna say so i've just kind of i'm not 100 in the maybe that camp that you are right now
1: At, i'm 100 percent because that is how i'm feeling prompted and that's how i'm feeling directed now yep I am wide open to the spirit. That is a very, I mean, that is my top guide. My savior is my top guide in my dating life. Um, It wasn't always that way. It is definitely that way now. Um, And so, like I said, my dad is the best man that I know. Mm. And so, if I or a friend of mine um, felt prompted to explore a relationship with a man who is not LDS, then I'm going to trust those promptings, or I'm going to trust that person who's telling me that that's the way she's
0: feeling prompted. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And and I also felt like uh, there was a point uh, a few years ago where I was dating mostly non-LDS guys, and um, and I have certainly come uh, away from that now, um, but I still just say, hey, Heavenly Father, just help me have an open mind, and I really hope he's on this side of the veil. <laughs> But, you know, he might be one of those World War II guys that's on the other side of the veil. You never, yep. never know. Okay. Um, very cool. Um, Kristen, what do you feel would be some little bit of advice or something that you might want to give to somebody who either is just starting out in the dating world, or maybe they've been there for a while and they're feeling a little discouraged? What would you like to say to, you can choose either one of these people? Who are my options again? Either someone that's just entered the dating field. Maybe they're freshly widowed or divorced. Okay. Or somebody who's been out there for a little while and a little bit discouraged. Well, my
1: heart goes out to both of you. Um, I, you know, I just don't... This takes a lot... It can take a lot of stamina. And I... I remember talking to one of my sons recently about the fact that I'm very cognizant at this point in my life that one of my one of my struggles in my life that I was meant to have was that this path was going to be a circuitous route for me. I feel completely sure that there is someone who um, is, is right for me and who's intended for me. I feel sure of that. I, I feel like I have had that, um, I've been uh, given that promise actually. And I, but I am now, I definitely, I think about, and I, I use this analogy a lot. I'm sure that I've said it when you and I have been on the phone. It reminds me kind of of those Shakespeare plays where you know you have that chorus looking at the mere mortals and just almost laughing as the mere mortals think that they actually have control over the things that are happening in their lives.
0: Hmm.
1: We we just I mean we just need to kind of move through all of these things. Every single part of it. Every single part of it whether it is our dating life or is it's our work uh, you know, I'm an educator. As it's work, my my work as an educator, my parenting, my mothering, the friendships I have with people in my ward, my calling. It's just all about refining us. That's what it's. It's all about that. It's, we are every morning waking up and should be excited to see how we are going to improve ourselves and fit ourselves for the kingdom. A little bit better that day before we close our eyes. I don't know why this has been my particular—I um, would almost call it a burden—because my heart does ache about the fact that I have, I don't have that person yet, my person. Um, my heart does ache about that, and so if somebody's listening and they have that same heartache, my heart goes out to you. I—I I feel that. But I promise you that we can look around us and we can see people who may not have that particular ache, but they have another one. It, that might not be their ache, but they have another one. And so um, I think that we learn what we can and we allow ourselves to be fit for the kingdom the best that we can. There's an awful lot of joy in life to be had if we will be still and know that God is God and that he truly loves us. He truly does. Um, I think that's probably the kind of the, the words that I would offer for either of my friends in either of those positions.
0: I love that so much because no matter what phase of the path that we're on, no matter how many years we have left, no matter if we are in an amazing marriage or a marriage that's a little bit difficult right now or single. I mean, the joke that that has been passed back and forth between the two of us (laughs) when we've kind of lamented at times about uh, the singleness of our lives at whatever particular moment is, well, there are worse things than being single.
1: (laughs) It's true.
0: Which there so are true. we've had
1: moments, both you and I have had moments when we we can't see that. And uh, we yeah. have been we have been really hurting. Uh maybe something hasn't worked out, maybe a hope has been dashed and we're really hurting, we're really frustrated, we're losing stamina. And it is it can be hard to
0: see that. Yeah, it can so much. And and I really love how you talked about how no matter where we are, we can we can look to the Lord and I, I think it is our, it is, it is it's such an honor to be able to say, no matter where we are in life, like, what would you have me do? And just, I'm trying to be more still in life. And I love that you said just the be still and know that he is there, know that he is God, be still and know that I am and just trust that he has got this. And I, there's so many times in life when it doesn't look like he's got it and you feel like you're on your own or you want to say you are paying attention, right? Like you're paying attention, but he does know us intimately. He is our father and he has the bigger picture. And I really truly believe um, that he knows what we d- need this particular point in our life, whatever point that is.
1: I feel, Dana, that when when we do have that person, that we will be reflecting back and mm-hmm. everything will make perfect sense to mm-hmm. us because I have enough evidence in my life that that's been the case. In mm-hmm. other situations of my life that I've needed to work through, when I look back over the landscape, the tapestry, how everything wove together, I see the beauty of the design i mm-hmm. I am sure that this is also going to be a beautiful design i I am sure that when I have that pleasure um, of kneeling across that altar and being sealed to that man, it's all going to make perfect sense, and I'm going to experience an overwhelming joy i am I'm certain of that and, and- Sorry. Um, Just one more thing. And I also know from looking over the tapestry of my life how things can just turn on a dime. We don't don't know what is currently actively working in our life. We don't know what's going to change literally tomorrow or in a week from now. Yeah.
0: I I so agree, and and as you're as you're talking about all these things, I'm thinking that applies to every single person on the face of the earth, whether they believe it or not. It applies to everybody. When we go through whatever we're going through at that point in our lives, and we look back, and then we can see how that unfolds, it always makes so much more sense because whether that's in your career or with your children or with relationships or friendships or a physical difficulty, an emotional difficulty, whatever you're going through, it just seems like when you either definitely feel him there by your side or you don't, maybe there's a silence that you're working through. But if you just continue to reach upward and you continue to move forward, you look back and you see, you see and you understand more of the timing and i don't think that we always see and know that but i do think that there will come a point in time when we will
1: i i agree with you we even i even think about this moment right now with you and i together i know that you have you have really had some obstacles in your life i i'm sure that i don't know anywhere near all of them but i know plenty of them and and i you floor me with what you've achieved in your life. If you hadn't gone through those things, then the last five years of our friendship probably wouldn't have happened. Certainly wouldn't have happened in the way that it did. And we certainly wouldn't be here right now. And, and I don't know what kind of who might be listening and who might be impact. We don't know. I mean, it's just an incredible grand mystery.
0: Yeah. And I just think, Oh my goodness how would it be like, I was just thinking today, um, I was listening to, uh, I was always oh, listening to a podcast and, um, it was so interesting because, uh, it was actually, um, there's a really cool podcast called, called all in. And, um, Morgan Jones is the podcaster. She interviews different people from walks of life and she was interviewing Charlie bird, who was, um, the Cosmo mascot for BYU. But while he was any, I guess he had a huge following because he won all kinds of like major, national things as a mascot he just was a particular mascot that was really beloved and and had a lot of national attention but he had a secret which was that he was gay and he really felt that he could be who he was behind the mask of Cosmo but he finally did decide to come out and was really concerned about people who were huge fans if he would still um if what the reaction would be but um this is a really cool podcast uh and today he was talking about how much his journey in coming out as a gay person who is choosing to live the gospel about how much that has really impacted his view of the savior completely knowing us as individuals. And and, and I just I don't know, it was the way he said it today, because it's not that's not news to me, but I just started thinking, how does Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother and and Christ how, how is it that they do know billions and billions of us on a personal level? It's not like us here on earth running into somebody and going, oh, yeah, I know you, don't I? Oh, where do I know you from? Yeah, I where, where do we know each other? You just seem so familiar to me. Like they know us. How is it that they can know us? How is their brain and their spirit so expansive that they can know every single one of us intimately? and know what we're going through on our path. It just is mind-boggling to me. It is.
1: And they know us to the point where there's a specific plan for us, and we fit, and we're necessary. And so when we know that, when we truly understand that, and that, that might be one, one of the main points, Dana, is to truly understand that we are daughters of God, That we are seen we are understood we are in the plan and we are necessary and when we understand that in those darker moments and those more difficult times it help us to kind of work it can help us to work through it because we know that it's in the grand design and you i've also shared with you at times that i i also feel like we probably knew we probably knew to some degree that we would have this particular difficulty and we knew about it, we agreed to it, and it was with complete trust from our Heavenly Father that we could do it.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, if that's true. <laughs> I do agree with you, though, that we, are, we cannot become the people that we become throughout the course of our lifetime without things that are just things that maybe we, we look back on and just say, how in the world did I, did I do that? Well, I only did it with Heavenly Father's help. That's the only way I got through that. And I think that once we know what you were just describing, when you were describing, um, a woman who knows who she is, that she is what her divine nature is. I think that helps us in the dating world too, because it really does give us the confidence to know that we can stand by our, what our standards are in terms of living the law of chastity and in terms of um, what is okay and what is not okay in a relationship, what's healthy and what's not healthy, and being able to um, not ignore stuff and being able to discuss things, those all come from a place of knowing that we are daughters of God. Absolutely. I'm sorry, did I hurt your feelings when I said, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking? (laughs) <laughs> that's all right we're all I, just learning and growing you know I I often wonder what we agreed to and and I heard Dallin H Oakes once say in a fireside that Christ knew what he signed up for he was shown what it was and he 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 knew what he was agreeing to do in all the detail and that if Christ knew that then doesn't it make sense that we knew that as well? And it was one of the first times I'd heard a general authority address that idea. Um, and I've, I have wondered, you know, what, because there's one thing, and of course, there's a difference between knowing something intellectually and then actually living it. But I have wondered a lot about that. And I don't just, I didn't mean to lightly discount what you say because I've thought a lot about it. It's just okay. not, it's just not doctrinal. And I just think, well, yeah, I bet, you know, then Dalian chokes did talk about that a little bit. But it, I do wonder, and I know you believe that. And I think it's really cool that you believe that. And I, I do wonder about it.
1: Well, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that a loving parent would not send us into battle unarmed and unready. So I, I just feel like we, we did, and it doesn't necessarily mean all the time that we, uh, that we win the battle. Um, <laughs> but the confidence I think is there that we can.
0: Yes, because we are his, his and her children. All right, my sister. I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And I really appreciate the journey you've been on. And I appreciate the journey of any single person right now. And if you're out there and you're a single person, just know that you're not alone. Know that Heavenly Father is aware of you and he loves you as does Heavenly Mother. And these are people you can gain strength from. And um, you can be guided on your path for sure. All right. Thank you.
1: It's been great (laughs) chatting with
0: you. Great chatting with you too. It's quite a journey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon.
0: <laughs> Understatement of the world. All right, we will be. Uh, take care. Have a great night. Okay, Dr. you
1: too. Okay, bye bye. Bye.
0: And thank you, friend, for listening today. Thank you for being part of this journey as well. And. Even if you're not single, I hope that that was something that you were able to gain a better understanding of. I think whenever we can walk in someone else's shoes, we become better people and our empathy just grows a little bit more for each other on this planet. Have a fantastic day. And as always, if you did enjoy this episode or other episodes, please go ahead and visit thespiritualcaffeine.com for more information and show notes or like this, subscribe to it, tell your friends. And have a fab day!